All right, how's everybody doing? All right, so uh, for those of you that are new or newer to Wednesday nights, we have been adding a few elements of talks. We talk amongst ourselves for a little bit. Um, one of the things that's really cool about that is instead of you just hearing from me for 30 minutes, you get a chance to hear from each other. And it just adds another layer of, of richness and depth. And so we're going to do that here in a minute. We're going to do that at the beginning of the service. So if the online crew wants to come. But we're going to talk about a scripture for a few minutes here. And uh, it was kind of funny the other night. I was, I was watching online to hear more about the message. I was listening to the message again. And uh, as, soon as, as soon as they said, okay, in a few minutes we're going we're gonna to talk. So if there's somebody that you want to talk with, you know, start thinking about it. And all of a sudden you just see these shadows moving and, and people like zooming over to their go-to person so that they don't, you know, like, I want to be with so-and-so. It's kind of like when we were kids again, you know, you're picking teams. So that everyone was strategizing before they said go. It was pretty funny. So what we're going to do is to start off our time is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a scripture to you. We're going to look at a scripture. We're going to put it on the slides. And then what I'm going to have you do is just turn to a couple people and discuss what stands out to you about the scripture. Now, I'll say there's no right or wrong answer, okay? We're not looking for you guys to be like Bible scholars. If some of you are, that's great. Maybe you can come up here and help me. But really, as we read it, what is God saying to you in the moment? What are some of the things that are standing out? What are some of the things you have questions about? Have you even heard this scripture before? Anything is open for conversation. So I'll read it. We'll give you some time to discuss it. And online, we're opening up to you as well. We want you to contribute. And uh, after we're done, we'll share for a couple minutes. And then we'll, we'll get into the message after that. So the scripture we're going to talk about is right here on the screen. And it is Mark 10, 46 through 52. So I'll read it to you. It says, And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. They're like, dude, shut up. They were getting on him. They said that, that he needed to be silent. But he cried out all the more. He said, son of whatever that was that was on the screen, that's okay, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. That's a good word right there. So what I'm going to have you do, we can just leave the reference up there if you guys need to go back on your phone or in your Bible just to read through it real quickly one more time. We'll at least leave the reference up there. What I'm going to have you do, quick turn to someone, talk for a couple minutes, and what is standing out to you in this particular verse? Like I said, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. We just encourage you to share and see what each other is saying in this. All right. All right. Hopefully you guys had some decent conversations. And actually what I want to do is I want to hear a little bit about 
what you guys talked about. So Matt's going to have a microphone. If something really good came up in your group that you think other people should hear, I, I want to hear it as well. So who has something that they would like to share? And this goes for you too as well online. Uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to, to say is during that time of worship and prayer, uh, we had people who were engaging with what was happening online. So um, amazing things, amazing things. We're so thankful for the online community. So we want to hear from you as well. But Matt uh, has a microphone. Who wants, is bold enough to say, hey, this came up in our group. This was really cool. Nobody. Oh, there, yes, it only takes one. Thank you. The thing I noticed the most about this entire story is that Christ wanted the blind man to reach out to him. Mm. And the blind man had to come and approach Jesus Christ. And that, to me, just showed that the man had faith. That's just how I got it. Yeah, that's a good observation. Anyone else have something they like to? There we go. Thank you. It only took one. Now there's more. All right. In our group, we discussed um, the fact of the matter, the blind man knew exactly what he wanted from Jesus. Mm -hmm. He didn't beat around the bush. He said he wanted his sight restored. So the word tells us that God knows your heart. But sometimes you have to open your mouth and say what it is you want. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we got. That's really good. Pastor Daniel, do we have anyone online that is sharing what, what you guys talked about or something that came up in your group? So we had people online, PJ, saying no matter what others said, he pursued Jesus. Ryan said, Hear, uh, Jesus hears even with all the distractions. Mm. And just recognizing that nothing around that was trying to pull him away could stop Jesus from hearing him. And then Andrew and Ryan both made a comment about his persistence, about pursuing Jesus no matter what, and saying, I am done with this. I'm done with begging. I am done with the, with the issues that I've had. I'm going straight to Jesus, and I'm leaving these there. Wow, that's really good. Who was it that said uh, nothing distracted him? Um, Ryan made a comment about Ryan. Jesus hears with all the distractions, and then he made another comment. That was really good. That surrender, he said, um, had enough, I'm done with this issue. Whatever it is, I surrender, and it will get my healing, no holding back. I love that. I love that, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you online for participating. And that was actually, Ryan, that, that was an amazing point that you made. But... Um, that was the thing that stood out to me, and that's something that I want to talk about this evening for the rest of our time. You know, in this particular scripture passage, there's a key that I realized that Jesus demonstrated, and it ties into what we talked about last week. How many of you were here last week when we talked about the importance of community? If you, if you didn't hear that message, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. And we talked about the importance of community. We talked about intentional community. And in this particular scripture, I believe Jesus shows us something that's very important when it comes to community. And it was what Ryan was hinting on. But Jesus had the ability to be aware of himself. He had self-awareness, aware of God. But he had the ability to engage in the moment with nothing distracting him, nothing having a hold on him. And I want to look at that tonight and tie it into community. 
And the thing that's really interesting about this is a lot of the times when we talk about community and some of the conversations that we had last week when it comes to community and relationships in general, a lot of the times we have this this huge great picture painted for us of what we want that to look like on the external. And sometimes we miss out one of the key important things, which is what's happening internally. And I had this thought the other day when I was in the kitchen and I was thinking about this message And I don't think I've ever had anything that was tweet-worthy or tweetable or anything like that. But this idea came to my head, and I was like, that could be a a tweet. And uh, so, But it's this simple sentence. It says, the fruit of community starts with the soil of your heart. The fruit of community starts with the soil of your heart. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit tonight. Talking about how our heart condition can affect the community or the environment that we're in. The internal environment that's happening inside of us can spill outside and affect that community desire that we want, that relationship desire that we want. Now, I will say one thing before I go uh, much further. This message does come with a disclaimer. We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey of growth in our spiritual walk. So the things that I talk about tonight... These are just more like gauges, gauges to be able to check in and be like, okay, I see myself in this part of the scale, and I have room to grow in this part of the scale. It's kind of like when you've been eating Taco Bell your entire life, and then all of a sudden somebody introduces you to something real and authentic, like real tacos, like street tacos, like the real deal. And it's like, you know what, you've known life this way, and, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm going to show you something new, something that's uh, potentially healthier for you and uh, is a lot more authentic than what you're used to. And that's what I want to do tonight. There's, there's a, a way that we know how to live based upon old understanding. But there's a new way that Jesus presents, and it's based upon God being the source and the kingdom of heaven coming to us, residing in us, and flowing through us. And like I said, Jesus had this ability to recognize that, that God was his source. And no matter where he went, he was able to engage in the moment with nothing holding him back. He was so aware of himself, so aware of the situation, and so aware of who God was that life just flowed through him. And I'm telling you that once we start to walk in some of that freedom and once we start to have some of that Garden of Eden culture in our heart, man, our relationships in the community around us is only going to get that much more rich. So let's, let's take a look at this. You know, there's, a, there's an interesting thing, this interesting process that we're all supposed to go through in life. And it's this process of moving from being a dependent person, you know, dependent upon our parents for everything, and becoming an independent person. There's a lot of different names for this, and I'm, I'm oversimplifying this for the sake of the, the time that we have. Some people call it individuation. Some people call it different things. But the idea is, as we grow older, we start to recognize we no longer need to be dependent upon our parents. And we can become a strong, independent individual so that someday when we have healthy relationships and a healthy culture inside of our heart, we can become mutually dependent 
in relationships, whether it's with a spouse or a right relationship with, with a boss, but we have to go through that process first. And it's this very interesting thing because in an idealistic world, in the perfect world, you know, parents bring up the child, child starts to recognize that they're an individual and they no longer need to be dependent upon the parent, but then they realize that they're going to replace the parent with God and they become dependent upon God, which gives them the freedom to be themselves. And out of that expression of themselves, they enter relationships recognizing that I'm my own person, this other person is their own person, I don't control them, they don't control me, and we both have freedom to be who God called us to be. Like that's the picture-perfect world. But how many of you know that we don't live in a picture-perfect world and there's a lot of stuff that can muddy up that process? Uh, I'm not speaking that from textbook. I'm speaking that from real-life experience because I never went through that process in the, the textbook way. For me, what it looked like was never understanding that I was my own individual person. So I went from dependency to dependency to dependency to dependency. And what that looked like for me was very unhealthy relationships. So instead of relying 100% on my parents, once I got older, I just took all of my reliance and all my self-worth and all my identity and I placed it in someone else. Whether it was uh, someone in authority or a coach or a, a girlfriend at the time. It was like, okay, I just lost all of me from my parents and I don't know what to do with it so I'm going to give all of me to all of you. And I'm going to get my identity, my self-worth and everything that I get from you. That, that process didn't, didn't click for me some re- for some reason until God got a hold of my heart and he started working on some things. So I want to just take that, that concept, that process and it's a growth process that we all go through. It's, it's a growth process that we grow in emotionally, spiritually, and in many different ways, but it's a process that we all go through. And I want to look at this and what this looked like practically in our life. And I want to show you some scales of growth that we're all on in this journey. And if we can identify some areas of growth in this heart culture of ours and what that looks like relationally, that's the first step. We become aware of some of the things that are robbing us from a true healthy relationship and true healthy community. So like I said, we're going to look at some some different scales. And I want you to see them as as scales. I'm going to use two words at the end of each scale. I don't want you to see it as one or the other. I want you to see them as opposite ends of the scale. And you'll be able to look at these words and be like, okay, where do I fit in this scale? So the first scale I want to look at in this, this process of growing in a, in a healthy way, and really this is about our soul. We hear a lot in the Bible about our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. You know, God wants us to grow spiritually, but if we're growing spiritually, it's also going to look like emotional growth too. And that's why we're talking about this tonight. And as we recognize some of the hang-ups in that emotional journey, and as we allow God to speak into those areas, we're going to experience an even greater level of community, an even greater level of relationship. So the first scale that I want to look at right now is, do you see yourself in relationships as more of a reactive person or moving down the scale, 
do you see yourself as more as, as a responsive person? So reactive looks like always being triggered, like somebody just sets you off all the time. If, if, you're, if you see yourself more on this side of the scale, there's an opportunity for growth so that God can help you understand what those triggers are. So that as he brings healing to those areas and you start to understand some things about yourself, you no longer have a desire to respond based upon a trigger. You move more towards this responsive side of being able to sit in the moment, engage in the moment, be present, and have a conversation. So that's one scale that we can look at to, to see if there's any obstacles in our life that are preventing us from being in a, a deeper relationship. Another scale that we can look at and identify what's, what's going on in this, this soul of ours, what's happening on the inside of us, is responsibility. Do we see ourselves taking responsibility for our life on this side of the scale? Or do we see ourselves more in this area of blame? So let's just say that you forget to do something, okay? Story of my life. I'm not claiming that for my future, but from this point past, it's been the story of my life. So in this, in this particular scale, let's say I forget to take out the trash, am I leaning more towards the side of responsibility where I say, oh, shoot, yeah, you're right, I forgot to do that, my bad? Or am I leaning more towards this direction where I'm saying, you know what, it's the dog's fault. The dog's the reason I forgot. I was going to take it out, but the dogs wanted me to let them out, and then after they let, me out, let them out, they ran away. And after they ran away, then, um, you know, I forgot about the trash, and then uh, I, I totally forgot. I would have done it, but it was the dog's fault. Just another gauge. You can kind of look at yourself. Where am I at in that spectrum of responsibility and blame? And like I said, these are just indicators. These are indicators as opportunities for growth in this journey that we're on. And this might be a, a difficult message, but that's not the point of this message. The point of this message is me saying, hey, you don't have to eat Taco Bell there's authentic street tacos. There's something that's a little bit more real. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. And that's my whole intention with this, is just sharing some of these things with you. Another scale that we can look at, and this is a big one, especially in church we hear a lot about this. Uh, do we see ourselves operating more from this end, the scale of love, when it comes to relationships? Or do we see ourselves operating more towards this end of the scale, which is fear? It's an indicator. What, what could it look like to operate in fear? Well, as parents, this is a hard one for parents. It could look like a lot of different things, but for parents, it is extremely hard as parents to uh, start allowing your children to make decisions, and even if that means potentially failing. Do, do we see ourselves loving our children enough to start letting them make their own decisions to learn from them? Or are we so afraid that something bad's going to happen that we have to control every single thing that they do? That's a hard one for parents. That's extremely hard. But what are we truly teaching them if we're trying to control their entire environment? Because as soon as they leave that perfect controlled environment, they're in for a rude awakening. And that's, that's not a knock. That's just 
that's just the way it is. I've, I'm a parent. I, I totally get that from, from experience. So are we needing to control others or are we allowing them to experience their own failure? Another way to look at that, that scale of, of love and fear is this right here. When we confront someone, which is a whole different topic I would love to do someday here, is, is healthy confrontation. But we'll have Pastor Bernie teach that one. <laughs> uh, healthy confrontation. So when, when we confront someone, are we doing it because we want to correct them? And that's the ultimate goal? Because we're too afraid of any other conversation? That's, that's kind of fear over here. Or are we operating more in love when confrontation, the number one goal is to keep the connection? Because if we can confront someone with the ultimate goal being, hey, we're going to talk about this, but it's not going to affect our connection, that says that, that that part of your soul is operating from a place of love, and you're going to see a really rich environment in your relationships. A couple more that we'll look at real quick while we have time. Um, this came up last week, the, the area of vulnerability, but we'll, we'll put it on the scale. So do we see ourselves operating more from a place of vulnerability or over here on the other end of the scale, do we see ourselves operating from a place of protection, mainly self-protection? This was big in my life. Uh, I learned that it wasn't okay to be me. And so I started developing these life patterns where I felt like I needed to protect myself. And for a very long extended period of time in my life, I, I lived from that fight, flight, freeze, or faint response that said, everything out here, it's not okay for me to be vulnerable. It's not okay for me to be authentic. It's not okay for me to be me. So I need to protect myself. And in order to protect myself, I need to fight everyone, whether it's with my words, whether it's with my actions, whatever it is, um, and not like physically fight, but protect myself and do what it takes to protect myself. Now, something happens in that particular situation, and it did with me, because I lived in that place for so long, it actually rewired my brain. And it re rewired my brain to a place of depletion, and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And it completely destroyed my entire body, and my body started dying. It just started shutting down. It wasn't operating normally. I couldn't eat certain foods. I couldn't do certain things. I lived in a comatose state for a very long time. And I was chasing all of these symptoms, trying to figure out what was going on. But the root of it was trauma. And, and trauma caused me to, to live on that side of the scale of protection. And it's crazy. Like, if you think about this, you know, who would have thought that just staying in a cycle of self-protection could do something like that? But it can. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it tonight. Is recognizing the condition of our soul and where are we at in that growth process with our emotional state. So connection is what happens. Oh, this is, this is really good. So um, in, this, in this scale of protection and vulnerability, vulnerability takes some connection, right? And, and some people say, well, what really is connection? I don't know if you've ever been in a room where everyone's sitting in the room, but it doesn't feel like there's any type of connection, where it feels like you're talking just short enough to where you can say you were talking, but there isn't like a, a real 
connection. Like people don't rest into it. Like right now I'm, I'm resting into this, this moment with Matt and, and I'm engaging myself with Matt right now in this, in this moment. But connection is what happens when you stop fighting against it. So that minute that you're, you're willing to sit here and not resist what's happening right now, but turn towards it and connect, that's connection. I don't know if you've ever run into that one person that you don't want to run into at the store. And it's like, oh, Lord, not now. <laughs> and it's like you're doing everything to give them the signals and they're just not picking up on it. You're like doing one of these, like, yeah, I really got to get some chips. Or like, yeah, you know, you even pull out the phone and be like, oh, my wife's calling. And you're like, your phone's not ringing. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's just not ringing. And uh, <laughs> you're like throwing out all the signals, right? And they're not picking up on it. There's no connection there. I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying you can tell when there's no connection, right? Or even with your body language. Sometimes your body language doesn't say, I want to connect right now. But the minute you stop resisting that, that resistance, the annoying person in the grocery store syndrome, the, the, the minute you stop that and just pause and stop resisting, that's when true connection happens. And I would encourage you, too, with the annoying person in the grocery store situation, Maybe all they're looking for is connection. So instead of resisting it, why don't you, why don't I, how about I embrace it? Because chances are the time's going to go even faster than resisting it. They're going to be like, oh, wow, I was so glad, so glad I ran into you. You know, I didn't really have anything to say, Matt, but I just felt like I wanted to, to say hi and catch up with you. Okay, sweet. Instead of trying to lie and come up with the best excuses to uh, blame the other person and not take responsibility, right? So one, one other scale that we'll look at, maybe a couple. This is a good one, too. Where do you see yourself in this area of the scale of empathy? Being able to feel an emotion with someone and be okay with it and be comfortable with it and just hold space for someone. Do you see yourself more on, on the side of empathy or do you see yourself more on the side of me only? When somebody says something to you, are you quickly to be like, oh yeah, me too, and then take off on the conversation? And you don't really have the opportunity to engage with them. Uh, this is really, really big when it comes to grieving. Just yesterday I went to a funeral visitation for someone in, in my family and um, my brother-in-law was there, and in those situations when someone's grieving, it's one of those things where it's just like, there isn't really anything you can say in those moments. Grieving is, is a process. You can let them know that you're there, of course, but sometimes saying nothing is the best thing you can do. If we can truly extend and, and sit in this place of empathy, here's what this would look like. My brother-in-law saying to me, man, this is really hard. And me being comfortable enough to say, you know what, I can imagine it is. It is hard. I'm here for you. Not feeling like I need to fix it. Not feeling like I need to do something about it. Not feeling like I need to go gra grab a tissue because I'm uncomfortable. In those moments, making it truly about the other person is an indicator that we're living in a fullness of, of a healthy inner culture, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know what, what to do, I'm feeling uncomfortable, um, 
yeah, uh, and then just come up with, with some type of blanket statement that, that doesn't even, no one even knows what that means, you know. Like we have some of these cliche sayings that we just say out of, out of being uncomfortable, right? But there's a fullness to where, and this is something that Jesus demonstrated too, to where you can be so engaged in the moment and comfortable with it that you're making it 100% about them and the ability to connect with what they're going on and letting them know, you know what, I'm here Obviously, yes, you can say, you know what, that's really hard. Let's pray. Can we pray about that? Absolutely. I'm not denying the power of Scripture in, in those situations. I'm just saying what's going on inside of you in a moment like that. And one last one that we'll look at before we wrap up here. I have a whole bunch of them. And this is, like I said, this is kind of a beast of a topic to, to look at in this short period of time. But really... I wanted to just touch on a couple of these so that you could really start thinking about things. You know what? Last week I heard about a healthy community and intentional community. And this week you can actually look and say, okay, what part do I play in that? How am I showing up? God, what areas do you want me to grow in? I'm growing spiritually, but is my emotional growth going along with it? And just check in with yourself. Be real. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, we're all on a journey, and my wife can tell you I'm far from being there. So the last one that I want to look at, because this is kind of, kind of a big one. They're all kind of big. But, okay, on, on this scale, do you see yourself on the end of being fully you, 100% you, like we saw Jesus in that parable, or not parable, in that particular um, situation? Or... Do you see yourself on the side of the scale where you live what I call the canister life? So over there is being fully you. Over here is living the canister life. And what the canister life is, is saying, okay, this part of me is only okay in this scenario. So I'm going to keep that here. This part of me is only okay in this scenario. Uh, this person doesn't like it when, when I do this, so I'm going to leave this part of me out of here. So there's, there's pieces of you that are missing in situations. What part of the, the scale do you see yourself in? Because I'm telling you that this side is the side that God created us for. Being able to be so free from ourselves that we're free from others and his, his life just flows through us. That's his original intention. And with that particular scale, some questions, some good questions to ask with that is do you change in different circumstances or different relationships? Do you feel like you have to please certain people and you can't be who you are? If, if that's a truth, I'm, I'm here to tell you that there's a fullness available for you in this life now with God's kingdom residing in you to where you can respond 100% to how God called you to be. That's what he wants for you. That's, that's his desire for you. Uh, do you speak or act with pleasing others in mind? Do you, get, do you get scared and connected versus disconnected? Do you put certain parts of yourself away to be accepted? Um, there are lots of different ways to look at this particular one. Uh, do you deny your feelings until they erupt? That's part of that, that canister living. It's stuffing those feelings in a canister until it just erupts instead of allowing those things to be a, a full part of who you are. Now, this might seem like a, a very odd sermon or church service, but like I said, God has a fullness for us. We see Jesus in the Bible operating in a way to where he's so full 
of God's glory and his presence, that there are things that, that don't hold him back. And that fullness is available. And here is the greatest way to engage in this fullness. If you, if you saw yourself on any areas of these scales and you're like, you know what, God? Man, that's, that's really me. I see myself there, but what do I do about that? It goes all the way back to the garden. In the garden, man decided to be his own source. Instead of just receiving from the tree of life, man decided to start to really unplug from God and plug into himself and be, become his own source and do things based upon the knowledge of good and evil only, without God's life. And a lot of us, we have grown up in this world and we've done everything based upon our own knowledge of good and evil and what the world has told us how to respond. But we have an opportunity to unplug from that. We have an opportunity to unplug from ourselves as source to see ourselves in situations like this and, and in this, on these scales and, and recognize where we are and then plug into God as source and say, okay, God, I've believed that this is the way things need to happen based upon my own knowledge of good and evil. But there is a fullness that's lacking in my life, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to unplug from myself and I'm gonna plug into you as source. We call that being born again. That's the starting point. And that looks like simply surrendering to the old way. We see Jesus saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, change the way that you think because God is so near that not only is he near, but he wants to dwell within you. Not only does he want to dwell within you, he wants to flow through you. Repent, change the way you think, not thinking based upon your knowledge of good and evil, which has gotten you to this point, but a whole new way that says, I'm going to re receive, I'm going to fully surrender, I'm going to fully receive and allow God to be my source, and I'm going to flow from that place. From that place, you will start to see yourself move on every single one of these scales to that area of fullness. When Jesus said that there's life and life abundantly available, life abundantly means an abundant emotional life too. So tonight, if there's, there's any area of your life where you recognize, you know what, I'm kind of getting robbed in this area. I've never seen it that way before. Oh man, I saw myself on that scale. I'm, I'm definitely hugging, hugging this area a little bit too tight and I want to grow in that area. That can be intimidating or it can be encouraging. I would see it as the second one. I would see it as an opportunity to see more of God move in your life, an opportunity to allow more of God flow through you in your life. And here's the trick in all of this. Are you willing to let go of your understanding of this part of the scale? And are you willing to let God be the source and flow into that area and show you his way? Because those areas that we identified that, that we don't really like, that's not God's original intention for you. And so if you would, if you would just bow your heads tonight. You know, we, we, we took a look at just some areas of, of our emotional life and our, our soul health. Just as a way to assess where we're at in this, this journey, as a way to look at if our emotional 
life is growing just as much as our spiritual life. And the reason we did this was because we, we want to have a great opportunity to engage with others. We see Jesus engaging in the moment in the fullest way possible. And we know it's possible. And now that we can see some of these things, we have language for it. We have language that we can pray into. We have language that we can seek understanding in. But ultimately, we have language so that we can create even more room for God to live in us, to dwell in us, to flow through us. And so if there's any area where you feel like, you know what, Lord, I would really love some growth in this area, I would just invite you to ask him right now in this moment, use this opportunity to just ask him about it. Allow him to speak to you in that area. What is he wanting to show you about that one area that you felt like he was tugging on your heart tonight about? God, we thank you that there's emotional, spiritual, physical wholeness available. There's redemption, restoration, reconciliation available, spirit, soul, and body for each and every one of us. And Jesus taught us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. So it's possible for us to walk in that fullness right now here as it is in heaven, fully free the way that we saw Jesus engage in life. So we thank you for that freedom, that life of abundance flowing through us. And as we may have been challenged by this message, God, we thank you that you are right here with us, leading us and guiding us. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to speak into each and every one of our lives in this area of what it can look like to have a healthier soul, a healthier representation of your character flowing through us. And for those of you who are in here tonight and you're like, wow, I, I don't think I've ever really considered unplugging from myself as source and plugging into God as source and surrendering and, and letting him be the source of all things that I do my life from. If you've never done anything like that, typically we call that salvation. It's just recognizing that when Jesus said, I am the way, that he truly was the way. And that way is available for each and every one of us. So if that's you tonight, and you wanna say, you know what, God, I'm gonna use this opportunity to unplug from my own knowledge of good and evil and plug into you as source so I can experience life and life abundantly. If that's you, I'm just gonna ask if you would just raise your hand really quickly. It's not for me. It's just you being bold enough to say to God, God, that's me and I want you to see me. My heart posture is to let go of the things that I know and, and hang on to what's true based upon your truth. And if that's you online, go ahead and raise your hand. Just let us know. You know what? I want to take this opportunity to disconnect from my knowledge of good and evil. And I want to connect to the tree of life. God being the source of my life and doing things the way that he originally designed for me. So God, we thank you for what you're doing here in this moment. We thank you for the healing that took place during worship. We thank you for the healing that's taking place right now in this moment. And God, I thank you 
that you are a God who is a good God. And when you reveal things to us, it's with the intention to heal them. So if anything was revealed to anyone here tonight, God, we thank you that your healing power and your grace is right on the other side of that revelation. We praise you, we thank you, we bless you, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.